This is AgriPulse Open Mic. I'm your host, Jeff Daly. Our guest this week is Georgia 2nd District Representative Sanford Bishop. AgriPulse Open Mic is brought to you by Farm Journal's Trust in Food. Trust in Food, sharing the message of conservation, sustainability, and stewardship and launching America's Conservation Ag Movement July 26th in Washington, D.C. Learn more at trustinfood.com. AgriPulse Open Mic continues with Georgia Congressman Sanford Bishop next. Join Farm Journal's Trust in Food this July 26th on the National Mall for the launch of America's Conservation Ag Movement. Learn how we're helping farmers and ranchers make more sustainable and profitable business decisions. Sign up at trustinfood.com. This is AgriPulse Open Mic. Georgia's 2nd District Representative Sanford Bishop serves as Agriculture Subcommittee Chair on the House Appropriations Committee. Bishop was pleased with last week's vote of the lower chamber that delivered a number of key budgets for FY20 critical to food and agriculture. The Commerce Justice uh, Bill, the Agriculture Bill, Interior, Veterans Affairs, Transportation, and Housing and Urban Development, Energy. I think it was a great move which allowed us to move the appropriations process forward probably earlier than has been uh, done in many, many years. Uh, I think we have now uh, completed 10 of our 12 appropriations bills, uh, which is good news. I think that for the most part, uh, the bills that we were able to get passed, along with the ones we passed in the first minibus, were fairly uh, bipartisan. While there may have been some protests, there were problems uh, with the allocation and the caps. By and large, for the most part, seemingly parties agreed, and that was especially true with agriculture. Looking inside then the Department of Agriculture budget, I understand there may be some additional dollars for rural broadband. Yes, that is correct. We were able to, with our cap allocation, uh, increase our budget 4% over FY19 by about $5.1 million, which uh, was very, very, very helpful. And, of course, we did uh, do just that. Uh, rural development is extremely important, and of course it's a passion of man, and uh, the broadband is a key element of uh, rural development. There should be no uh, disparity, uh, no gap between the opportunities available to a family growing up in rural America and one growing up in, in urban America. Uh, and we want to use the uh, agriculture bill, and particularly the rural development portion of it, uh, to try to improve the quality of life and equalize that gap, eliminate that gap. We were able to do it with significant funds, about $680 million in broadband funding. Uh, connectivity is essential, and uh, that will help with uh, not only economic development, but with health care, with education, and make for a much better quality of life of people in, in our rural communities. Do you feel that there are adequate resources in the funding for the Department of Agriculture to implement this new farm bill? Uh, absolutely, and we put an additional uh, $30 million in there to assist in the implementation of the farm bill. That, I think, the department is, is happy for. Uh, the secretary expressed appreciation, uh, but uh, we want to see that work well, and we want to see them be able to, to deliver the services because 
our farmers have been stressed. They've been stressed with natural disasters, with low commodity prices, with the tariff wars, and uh, they need to make sure that they have the full service of the Department of Agriculture. Uh, we also put a prohibition in the bill to stop the department from closing any of the local farm service agency offices uh, because we want to make sure uh, that there is excellent uh, and uh, efficient customer service for our farmers and our ranchers. With regard to the trade wars, this administration has announced another round of market facilitation program payments to the tune of about $16 billion. But as was said by a uh, ranking member of the Senate Ag Committee, uh, Senator Debbie Stabenow, the CCC has less than that amount in it. Are there funds here that would recycle that program or some additional appropriation to help the administration to follow through? Well, uh, a, a, a large part of that CCC funding uh, comes from other sources rather than direct appropriations. And, of course, the farmers are in great need of that funding for, to, to deal with the, um, the tariff wars. And it's well received and will be well received by them uh, because uh, right now they're stressed. They're coming right off of the natural disasters and just not getting the disaster uh, payments uh, out of the door. They, they need to have something to tide them over. Uh, the White House has been threatening already to veto this bill saying it goes beyond uh, spending that they had uh, had envisioned and, and, and funds programs that they didn't necessarily agree with. Have you been in communication with the White House about this and, and any idea of the direction that the Senate might take? Well, um, what we have done is we uh, received the statement of administration policy uh, where they uh, uh, didn't like the fact that uh, we rejected their drastic cuts to a lot of problem, a lot of the, the programs. Uh, however, uh, it was on a bipartisan basis, particularly in our agriculture bill, uh, that both sides of uh, the aisle agreed that uh, we should not be uh, reducing the help to, our, to rural America, and we shouldn't be cutting the water and wastewater programs. Uh, we should not be. Um, uh, reducing any um, uh, of the programs that the the, the uh, for example the the international food programs, uh, food for peace and McGovern Dole, uh, on a bipartisan basis, we actually rejected the the cuts they had eliminated and we we funded it uh, with with increases, uh, and that was a, a bipartisan uh, decision. Uh, the uh, rural communities were were cut with. Uh, uh, the rural development programs, rural housing. Uh, the only thing that the administration was pushing was broadband, and uh, that was to their credit, but even that was uh, less than what is needed. Uh, and of course, uh, they were opposing to, uh, uh, to, to attack our vulnerable populations, and of course, we didn't go along with that. Uh, so I think that uh, because our bill is far reaching and it touches uh, every citizen every day with food safety, uh, medicine safety, agricultural research, rural development, uh, and the nutrition assistance, when the administration proposed to cut these things, uh, people recognized that it just was not realistic and did not go along with it. And I think that uh, uh, I, I have to salute my colleagues on the other side of the aisle who who joined with us in saying, no, these, these, these programs need to be, be maintained. 
Before we step further, I would just uh, offer, uh, offer the opportunity, if you have thoughts on the EPA, the FDA, or the Interior Department spending, are there particular areas there that you're pleased that, that you had the resources that you were looking for? Well, with regard to the Food and Drug Administration, uh, we uh, fully funded them, and we were able to, uh, I think it was uh, $3.26 billion in discretionary funds, uh, which was $185 million more than in FY19. And the additional dollars uh, we put in to fight the rare cancers, uh, to help with that, to uh, uh build a foundation for a more efficient process in generic drug reviews uh, and being able to improve uh, the response of the FDA uh, to foodborne uh, illnesses and outbreaks. Uh, and, of course, uh, under the law, uh, the department, uh, the FDA has the responsibility of implementing the Food Safety and Modernization Act, and, of course, we put funds in there to make sure that they could do that. Mr. Chairman, Ag Secretary Purdue has begun the process of moving the ERS and the NIFA to Kansas City. Uh, I'm not sure how you feel about this particular effort. Is there any way for the legislature to stop this move? Uh, and then the second side is a, a survey recently by uh, one of the unions suggested there'll be a large number of employees that will quit rather than move. So what about the job vacancies? Well, uh, they already uh, have vacancies, and uh, when the move was announced, a number of key senior researchers tendered their resignations, uh, put in their retirement papers. I don't think that you have any doubt about my feelings on it. We held hearings, and we expressed to the secretary prior to the implementation that it was not a good idea. We had hearings and had folks who had worked in those agencies over four administrations to come in and talk about uh, the various reasons why it was not a good idea. Uh, we had a communication from uh, thousands of scientists, from hundreds of uh, agriculture deans, from the scientific community, from the research community, the statistical community, the various associations, all are thinking that this is not a good idea and setting forth very, very sound reasons. The administration, uh, the secretary decided to go home anyway. So in our bill, we put language prohibiting any of the funds in the bill from being spent uh, to implement that, that relocation. Uh, not only that, but we also uh, rescinded funds from FY19, which could be utilized to do that. So I think that Congress has sent a very strong message, at least on the House side, uh, and hopefully uh, uh, the Senate will, will agree with us. And I think they have, been, they have heard from the same folks that we have that it's not, not a wise uh, uh, endeavor. You've mentioned that the Appropriations Committee has already done tremendous work, 10 out of 12 approved, but on the Senate side, not as much. And with regard to spending, have the two chambers in the White House agreed on spending targets or at least limits for the coming fiscal year as yet? Uh, that, as far as I know, is still under discussion. They're still uh, deliberating, and uh, I don't know that they're meeting on a regular basis about it right now, but uh, it will have to happen. But as you know, the Constitution requires uh, spending bills originate in the House. And in order for us to complete our work in absence of uh, an agreement, we had to move forward. And so we deemed an agreement, uh, projected caps, 
and went on and uh, did our, our, our business, and we're sending it to the Senate. And while the Senate uh, is a deliberative body, that should give the administration and uh, the leadership on both sides of the Capitol uh, the opportunity to work out uh, appropriate caps. It is obvious that in many areas of our government, on, non, on the non-defense side, that uh, it was underfunded. We have insufficient personnel to carry out the services that the American people uh, need and deserve. The health, safety, and welfare of the country is at stake, and of course it's our duty to allocate sufficient resources uh, to protect the people and to serve the people. And that is what we did, and we've got to do it and have our process completed uh, by September 30th, which is the end of the fiscal year, and we do not intend to be delinquent in doing that. The House is doing its part to discharge our responsibilities and our duties, and we've done it, I believe, in a responsible way, uh, the best that could be done under the circumstances with which we have to deal, and uh, particularly uh, with a lot of time having been spent uh, dealing with the disaster supplemental. Well, I was about to say, you clearly have done your side of the work, but I can't help but thumbnail and look at the calendar and realize the 4th of July break is here, and then there's only so many days of work left for July before the August break, and then when you come back in September, a limited amount of time to get a lot done with regard to spending for the year that might also include the debt ceiling and the threat of sequestration. Well, um, we in the House can only do what we can do. And I think that we are giving good account for our stewardship, and uh, the ball now goes to the Senate, and uh, they will have to uh, discharge their responsibilities. And, of course, uh, once uh, that is done uh, in communication and with, in cooperation with uh, the administration, uh, hopefully we'll do what we are constitutionally required to do and have a budget and have an appropriations bill uh, by the September 30th deadline. You think there's a chance we'll see a continuing resolution? Uh, there's always a chance. Uh, in fact, uh, uh, there's a very high chance, uh, but we're doing our dead level best to make sure that we don't have, have to have a continuing resolution, that we can have appropriations bills passed in regular order. Mr. Chairman, last week on this program, we had Iowa Senator Joni Ernst, who uh, clearly talked about the devastation that had come to her region uh, from the flooding uh, this year. Your area is well familiar with natural disasters and, of course, the wildfires that took place on the West Coast. A $3 billion disaster assistance bill was a long time coming. Mr. Ernst suggested that was probably a down payment for the loss that had been seen in her area. Uh, further loss still being seen with flooding along the major tributaries. Uh, and, of course, your area is, is clearly not uh, back to normal following the disasters. Do you think there's a call from the countryside to come back for some additional funds to, to help these rural areas get back on their feet? Without a shadow of a doubt, uh, there was no way that we could allocate uh, uh, sufficient resources to deal with the uh, the floods uh, that occurred uh, after we had developed the disaster bill, but prior to passage, uh, because uh, the extent of the damage was not yet fully uh, accounted for. We fully expect to have to have another supplemental to deal with the, uh, uh, the Midwestern flooding because uh, the extent of that damage is yet to be fully determined. 
However, I'm hoping that we can can do it uh, with dispatch because I would hate for uh, the people in the Midwest to have to uh, go through the uh, agony and the stress that uh, people in the the South, uh, Florida and uh, uh, Georgia and up the East Coast as a result of Hurricane Michael. Uh, Our disaster hit us uh, uh, in uh, October and of course uh, it was all the way until uh, uh, just a few weeks ago uh, that we were finally able to get the disaster bill passed. So I hope that the Midwest doesn't have to go through that. I hope that uh, we can get a supplemental once we get the damage assessments and that we can uh, uh, try to try to respond uh, so that we can uh, remediate uh, uh, what has taken place there. Congressman Bishop, just a couple of questions left here, and I would lead with this as a general question overall. Uh, the USMCA is waiting in the sidelines for the U.S. perhaps to consider before the Congress. And, of course, the president continues to work and to negotiate uh, with China in a long trade war. And there is talk of an agreement with the Japanese, particularly on agriculture, that could come quickly. How do you see this administration's work on trade, and is there particular counsel that you might offer to this administration? Uh, my counsel would be to tread very carefully and to, to be very cautious, because I think the precipitous way that in which the uh, negotiations have been conducted uh, has created a great deal of confusion, a great deal of uh, uncertainty, and I think that uh, many, many people, particularly in the agriculture community, are very stressed because they don't know what the outcome is going to be. Many of them are hopeful uh, that uh, it will work out for the good in the long run, but they're feeling a lot of pain now. Particularly some of the farmers in Iowa have been speaking out, and they've been crying out with the pain and wondering how long will they have to suffer. So I'm not sure uh, how well uh, the trade negotiations are going. Uh, the agreement that the president's working on with Mexico uh, and Canada uh, will have winners and will have losers. Uh, there will be some segments of the American economy that will benefit, and there will be other segments that will uh, be disadvantaged. So we won't know uh, really until we actually see it and can look at the details. Uh, as they say, the devil is always in the details. You are identified as a blue dog Democrat. Uh, how does a blue dog with a, a, a moderate mindset toward budget and toward the country, how do you survive in this day, and can you find other partners to work with in this political climate? Oh, absolutely. Uh, we have 27 blue dogs uh, this year. We had uh, we were in the teens last year, so we, we increased our numbers. As a matter of fact, uh, the Democrat majority... Uh, uh, was gained uh, not by uh, uh, progressives, but by members who replaced Republicans uh, in marginal seats. So uh, I think that uh, somehow the loud voices uh, have tended to dominate the media, but uh, the Democrat Party, uh, I think, is uh, a broad enough tent that it can accommodate uh, the full spectrum of views, uh, uh, political views in the country. Chairman Bishop, I want to thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to visit with us here on Open Mic. It is Open Mic, and the tradition is that you have the last word, sir. Well, I'd just like to thank you for what you do in disseminating uh, information uh, to 
uh, your audience, uh, particularly the agriculture community, uh, they thirst for it because they want to know that we are in Washington working for and in their behalf. And I certainly want to utilize uh, my position uh, as a member of Congress, uh, as chairman of the Agriculture, Rural Development, uh, FDA, and Related Agencies Subcommittee of Appropriations uh, to, to really utilize uh, uh, this position and this process to enhance uh, the quality of life of, of people in rural America and to make sure that we in America can continue to produce the highest quality, the safest, the most abundant, uh, and the most economical food and fiber anywhere in the world. Uh, we're doing that now, and uh, I'm going to do my dead level best uh, to make sure that we are able to, and that the American farmers and ranchers are able to do that for years to come. Our thanks to Georgia 2nd District Representative Sanford Bishop, our guest this week on Open Mic. AgriPulse Open Mic is brought to you by Farm Journal's Trust in Food. Trust in Food, sharing the message of conservation, sustainability, and stewardship. Learn more at trustinfood.com. For AgriPulse, I'm Jeff Daly.